It is Sunday. It is Sunday. Unbelievable. Sunday, September the 27th, 2020. This is the Walkway to Fight Club. I am your party host, Stephen Mielhausen, writer for Sporting News and DAZN. And, man, we had a, a very highly entertaining night. If you are a combat sports fan, this was the night for you. Why do you even want to say the day? This was the day for you. It was a day for me. This was an absolutely... F- you look at the whole day in general. We'll get into it in a moment. We'll Let's break down all the particulars here. If you're watching via... On YouTube, it's simple, guys. Just subscribe to the Walkway to Fight Club YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. And right after that, like the video. If you're watching via Facebook, it's simple. Give a reaction to the video and then also click that follow button. Followed by liking the Walkway to Fight Club. Got a couple new followers today, so I want to thank you so much. And this will be up if you guys have to go for one reason or another throughout the podcast. Just make sure. It will be up on audio. It will be up on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, radio.com, I, the iHeart app. Just type in the walkway to Fight Club. Got a lot of new followers from Slovenia, India, Germany, my motherland, my mother homeland. So I want to thank everybody for listening. We got a ton of new subscribers. Ton of new people listening to the podcast. So thank you guys so much. It really means a lot. We got some, I got some cool stuff coming out next week. So we, it will definitely be it'll definitely be pretty awesome, I think. Um hold on one second here, guys. I am greatly apologize. It, no Daryl Rivera tonight, as Daryl is on a much deserved vacation. So Daryl will be back on Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to seeing Daryl back. I know I did not get a chance to chat with Daryl, so I hope he's doing okay. I don't even, I think he went to Tennessee, I want to say. So I'm jealous. I can use a vacation. I don't get a vacation. Very, really, it's kind of hard when you got two kids. You really can't go take a vacation. It's the one thing I've really learned. You don't really get, if you want a vacation, you know, wait till your kids are like 30. <laughs> I kind of just started to learn, like, that's how it's going to be. I've become very accepting of that, and I have to learn kids come before you. So I'm like, okay, if this is how we're going to roll, this is how the life I'm going to have. And you know what? I'm more than okay with that because my kids are great. It's definitely worth it. A lot of interesting things going on, and I want to, and I'll get into those in a few moments, but Leave questions and comments. Let me know how you thought about the show. UFC 253, we're going to get into that. A lot of news coming out of that show. We'll talk about the latest with Conor McGregor. We will get in to a little bit of boxing as well. And, you know, I wasn't going to, you know, we'll start with this. And there's a lot. There's a big boxing show. That was on that just literally ended. That was at the Mohegan Sun sh- PBC boxing on Showtime pay per view. 
highlighted by the Charlo brothers, Jermel and Jamal Charlo. I got a lot of flack. Now, I haven't seen the show. I heard it was pretty good. I really haven't seen. I know the Charlo brothers. I know Jermel and Jamal won. I know about that much. I haven't watched it yet. But I got a lot of flack yesterday because there was a good interview by Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated and DAZN and with um, Charlo, Jamel Charlo. And I thought Chris Mannix was pretty fair in his, in his questions. I, you know, it, you know, Charlo got a little upset because Chris Mannix was asking him tough questions. And I'm like, wait a minute here. This is what we get into this to do is we ask tough questions. If you don't like the tough questions, I kind of really don't know what to tell you. I really don't because that's what this game is about. As journalists, we ask tough questions. Whether you like it or not is irrelevant. Jamal Charlo got very upset at Chris Mannix. Didn't like the questions he was asking about Canelo Alvarez, turning out fights with Canelo, Gennady Golovkin, Demetrius Andre, and kind of just went off. And I take that back. He didn't wasn't offered to fight with Gennady Golovkin, but he was offered to fight with Canelo Alvarez, and he was offered a fight. I'm trying. I'm losing my thoughts here, guys, and I do apologize. It is 12:47 a.m., 1:47 a.m. Eastern. But he turned down a fight with Canelo Alvarez. He turned down a, numerous attempts to fight with Demetrius Andrade. Fair questions. He didn't like the questions, and I defended Chris. I wasn't defending Chris. I just said, "Hey, those are in this landscape. You have to ask those questions." He expected a cookie cutter interview. He went and shut and just said, oh, "We were because we're with the zone. We're we're making this about the zone and." How dare you should be talking about me, how great of a fighter I am. And it's like, listen, that nonsense doesn't work. That's not how this is run. That's how fighters expect it to go. But a good journalist is going to ask tough questions. Mannix more than talked about how good of a fighter he is because the Charlo brothers are great. Jamal Charlo was great. But he hadn't faced the upper echelon at 160 pounds until tonight. From what I'm told, he looked very good against Sergey Derevianchenko, winning by unanimous decision. Jermel looked better from what I'm what I heard. He owns three fourths of the 154 pound titles now. Stopping they signed Rosario, the win by eighth round stop, which to become the WBC, the IBF, and the WBA Super Junior Middleweight Champion which is quite impressive, and you have to give him credit for that. I do, and, you know, I got blasted for this. And then I made the comment of, because someone asked, hey, are you watching? They're like, oh, you know, you're just the zone shill. And so then, then I was asked, hey, are you going to watch the UFC? What are you covering? Are you watching the show? And I'm like, no, because... My job for tonight, as everyone saw, was to cover UFC 253. And my whole thing was, the Charlos aren't proven attractions. 
if I had the choice, I wouldn't have spent $74.99. And I've been very clear on that to everybody. I wasn't going to spend, se- even if I wasn't covering it, doing this anymore. If I was laid off like I was a few months ago, I wouldn't have bought it. $74.99 for two guys who no one knows. And their ratings have been decreasing. I have the math. I did the math. And as soon as I did the math and I looked, because people are like, oh, you know, these ratings are good. And I'm like, not really. Last The last three fights of Jermel Charlo on Fox have declined. And that's what the channel network TV of over 120 million people. That's the reach of Fox. It says right there at the proofs in the pudding. The Charlos are great fighters, but if they're walking down New York City with Israel Adesanya, Israel Adesanya is the one that's more likely to get recognized. And Israel Adesanya resides in New Zealand. Think about that for a hot second. It's the truth. If anyone would like to disagree with me, hey, be my guest. It's not a knock on the Charlos. The Charlos are great. I think the Charlos are great fighters. You can't deny what they've done. I can't. But if I'm picking and I'm a fight fan, I say, yeah, watch both. Hell yeah. This was a great day. Last night you had the Chavez's on the zone. Today you had the finals of the World Boxing Super Series. A great fight. Marcus Breedis defeating Gordas Storikos to win the Cruiserweight version of the World Boxing Super Series and is the IBF Cruiserweight champion. Josh Taylor blasting through Kong Song in, un, in, within, within three minutes. The UFC show, the Charlo show. It's a gr- Charlo Doubleheader. A great day. For combat sports and you had the PBC people out. I knew they were bots. I knew not not all of them were bots. But they were kind of they were trying to bash me. Call me a disown shill. I wouldn't spend $74.99 on a unproven commodities. No offense. Great boxers. But I don't, the casual fan, or even, you can't even say not even semi-casual fan. You can't, you can't, and it's no offense on PBC, but you're, you're, it's not knowing your marketplace. In a global pandemic, yeah, the theme was cool, the Twin Brothers headlining. That's great. The theme of it was spectacular. The promotion, it was okay. It was ho-hum. It wasn't great. I, it could have been better. I didn't. You, these guys needed to be all over the place. I didn't see them on any CBS platforms. And I think that does those guys a misjustice since they're getting, they're making the bulk of their money off a of pay-per-view. They look great tonight. Don't get me wrong. From what I'm told, they look spectacular. I I haven't watched the show. I'm not going to watch the show. I'll wait for the replay on Showtime. 
It's not a knock on either guy. I was covering something else tonight. But I probably likely, unlikely still wouldn't have watched it. In the, you know, and I don't want to, I love boxing. I cover boxing for a living. But you got to call it like you see it. When DAZN puts on a bad show, I got no problems saying when put on a bad show. I wasn't a fan of airing the card on Friday night with the Chavez brother, with Julio Cesar Chavez and Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. Julio Cesar Chavez and Jorge Arce, even though it was an exhibition, it was damn fun. Chavez Jr., that was horseshit. I pray to God we don't see that that fool again on my TV. Hopefully he's not on the zone. The zone puts on shit fights too. It happens. But we call a spade a spade. And I will give. And if we do a bad job, hey, I'll say, hey, that was a shit show. I wasn't the world's biggest fan of Logan Paul, KSI, and Jake Paul. Get the hell out of here. But it is what it is. And thank you, everyone, jumping in here. Man, we got a lot of people coming. Just like the walkway to Fight Club, guys. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button. If you're watching via Facebook Live, it's simple. Give a reaction to the video and like and follow the walkway to Fight Club on Facebook. Let's get to you. And I want to point one thing out before we get into the festivities. Google Trends, which I, I'm a numbers guy. This is how the business goes. Sorry to disappoint people, but this is how it goes. And I know this is boring shit. UFC 253, as of right before we went on air, was trending number two on Google Trends. 500,000 plus searches. With the stack day, the return of college football, SEC return, a lot of good games. And then, then you look on uh, the current... Like they call it the daily, they got the daily and the real time trends. The real time trends, UFC was one, four, six, seven, nine, fifteen. The Charlo show, the Charlo doubleheader was at 18. Final numbers will be later on today, later on Sunday. So we'll see what the numbers are. But let's get to this UFC show. A great now, a ho-hum UFC show until the last two fights delivered and made this a really good show. The main event featured Israel Adesanya. I put thrashing. He thrashed. Paula Costa to remain the middleweight champion in the main event of the show in the UFC's return to Fight Island. At Yas, from the flash form at Yas Island, Abu Dhabi. What can you say about Israel Adesanya that we already don't know? He came in with a point to prove, guys. He was legit pissed going and coming into UFC 253. And I can understand his frustration because it's like, listen, that was the best way for me to beat Yoel Romero at UFC 248 back in March. But I think Adesanya also... And I, this is, I don't think this was Izzy reading the room correctly in the matter of the fact of, let's be honest, it wasn't the most, was it the most crowd-pleasing performance? No. There were times Adesanya didn't do much in that fight at all. 
That was Romero's fight for the taking. Yoel Romero didn't finish the job, and that's on Yoel Romero if we're really going to sit and we're going to be honest with ourselves. But at the end of the day, Adesanya got it done in the championship rounds to retain the middleweight title. That wasn't a great performance. It was pretty lackluster. He had chances to really, really put a pounding on Romero. But he showed up tonight. You could feel the animosity between him and Costa all week. He had no respect for Paul Acosta. He's made that abundantly clear since he beat Robert Whitaker at UFC 243. I don't like this guy. I will beat this Ricky Martin lookalike. He's on steroids. I'm going to pop the balloon. You name it, Israel Adesanya said it. He wasn't happy at all, and I can't. you can't really blame him. He knew what was on the line here. He really, really did. And he knew he had to put on a spectacular performance. He did. Plain and simple. Because if he didn't put one on, he was really going to get severely questioned. He came out from the jump and came out with a fantastic game plan. As he beat him into some bare... Basically into submission to win by second round TK at the 359 mark of the second round to retain the UFC middleweight title. He came out with a game plan. It was, in all essence, it was the perfect game plan. Didn't touch gloves at the beginning. And you could tell, you know, and I, we'll go back a little bit. Go back to Friday's win where Casa's wearing the black belt and then. He takes the white belt out and he throws it at Adesanya, who tried to chuck it right back. Dana got Dana White got in and it was a big, big brouhaha. They had they had to be separated by security. You could see then, and I'm I'm thinking about it now, and I'm I'm thinking about the fight. Adesanya had that fight won there. Costa was you can only see during these stare downs. These final ones of. And it was like, this fight's over. And if you really, if you sit and think about it, this fight was over. I decided it already had Costa mentally beaten. And that showed when they walked in because you could see Costa looked extremely nervous. Adesanya was cool, calm, and collected. And when Adesanya walked in the octagon and he's walking around, Casa's trying to get at him. And think about that. Try to go at him and you're like, okay. The mental warfare had, had begun Friday. Adesanya had that fight won by the time they by the time that bell rang. Because then Bruce Buffer's going through the ring intros. Casa's like walking right near close to Adesanya and flexing like the Incredible Hulk. And it's like, wait a minute here. This fight's over. And if you bet money on Israel Adesanya finishing plus 120, that's some easy, you had to figure that's some easy money. I talked, I had some people texting me saying, hey, put, a sizable wager on Adesanya winning the fight inside the distance. And good for you guys. 
if you are watching, because you think about it, and as soon as like you've seen that intensity from Co- that the way Costa was acting and how composed Adesanya was, you're like, this fight's over. And the fight was pretty much over from the get-go. And it was a smart game plan by Izzy. Just attacking those legs, attacking those legs, thrashing them. If you look at Paulo Costa's right, look from his right knee down to about his shin, all you see is red marks and bruising. Think about that. We also seen that in the co-main event, and we'll get into that in a few moments. But good Lord. That was it was a smart game plan. He chopped down the tree. He chopped down the the Hulk tree. I mean, I called it. I forget what I called it in my article. But just went attacking the legs, attacking the legs, attacking the legs. Then he would throw a kick to the body. He would then he would try to throw a head kick. Then he's trying to. Then he then he's throwing the right hand, just mixing it up, just getting in Costa seconds. He had he knew. I already have this fight mentally won. I just now have to physically get in there and do it. And then you see Costa let anytime Adesanya landed a good kick. Costa's shaking his head. No, 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 no. Then he's trying to dance and the fight was already over. You see that you have the that fighter is mentally weak, weakened, and you have them right where you want them. And look at Adesanya came out in the second round. What Adesanya started to do, I thought, was great. He started. Now he continued. He was persistent with the kicks. But what I thought also, then he followed that up. Started going upstairs. Started landing that left hand. Landed the right hand. More body kicks. It was in my mind. I was like, okay, this is only a matter of time. Because then you see Costa slowing down. Costa wasn't doing much to begin with, which was really baffling. He didn't come out there like a blaze of glory like he usually does. And from there, guys, Costa threw 11 punches. He connected on 11 shots. 11 strikes. Think about that. 11. This wasn't a matter of fact of the he threw... 71 and connected on 28 connected on 11 strikes in nine minutes, just about nine minutes of action. He thwarted Paulo Costa. He had that fight one mentally at the weigh-in by the time that bell rang and he started chopping down Paulo Costa's legs he bullied the bully, and it showed as the fight went on. Strike, strike, strike. Then that beautiful left head kick, and that was the beginning of the end. It's and I give Costa credit. It split him open. But Paulo Costa stayed upright. Most guys would have fell and crumbled. But then I give Costa, he tried to come back. But he threw a left hand, and those legs just gave out on him. The left hook, short left hook by Izzy, dropped Paulo Costa to the mat. 
couple ground and pound punches later, Israel Adesanya is shaking his, shaking his tail feather and remained the UFC middleweight champion. He's got some good dance moves. Give Israel Adesanya that. I need to talk to him and learn and see who he's getting his dance tips from because I think, man, it's a good dancer. I need a little bit of a beer, guys. I'm sorry. Thirsty. Worked all day, guys. Saturday night's fight night. But a great performance by Israel Adesanya. A good rebound performance from there were people that doubted him. Did I? A little bit. Because I, I know how great he is. But I felt he gave you all Romero way too much respect. And I'm on, you no, know, I look at the Costa fight. When Romero fought Costa, I thought that was the best way to beat Yoel Romero, which is constant, constant, constant pressure. And Izzy just gave him way too much respect, I felt, in that fight. He made a definitive statement here. He didn't even shake. And Costa knew. Like, and it was the thing. And Costa was on the ground. And he's just like, man, like he felt like he gave it away. Paula Costa is going to look back on this fight and he's going to realize I gave this fight away. I'm not saying Paula Costa would have won, but Paula Costa could have given himself a better showing than he did. Because Paula Costa should, and if we're just going to be honest, and that's what you get from me. Not many journalists are like that, unfortunately, and I don't know why, but, but there's a lot of great journalists out there that do. He's going to kick himself and be like, why in the hell was it night throwing? He didn't go out on his shield. He went out on his shield when it was already too late and the fight was over. When he absorbed the head kick, you're thinking, okay, he sees his own blood. He tried to come back. But he should have fought that way from the jump instead of waiting eight minutes in. And then he's getting thrashed by that point And... It's got blood pouring down and Adesanya is dancing around and showing that he should be on the dance. He should be hitting the dance floor. But a great performance by Israel Adesanya to retain the UFC middleweight championship 20 and 0. Think about that 20 and 0. 9 and 0 in the UFC. This guy is unbelievable. 20 and 0. Khabib Nurmagomedov is 28 and 0. And we're talking about his greatness. Is it time we start talking about Israel Adesanya's greatness? Why aren't we? He's great. He does a little bit of everything. He's got great kicks. He's got the punching power, but it's his precision. I think it's so key, that precision. He's so he's silky smooth in that way. He doesn't overexert himself. Every shot he throws, he throws at the right speed with the right technique. Having the perfect technique in this sport is hard to do. But nearly every shot he throws is picture perfect. That's a testament to Eugene Braverman. 
his head coach. It's a testament just to Israel Adesanya of how much he loves this sport. And you have to give him credit for that. Whether you want to give it to him or not. But we need to be talking about him more. Why aren't we? Where would you put him now? Pound for pound, the best fighter in the world today. Where do you put Israel Adesanya? Khabib's number one. I I, I will admit that. He sh- right and rightfully so. John Jones number two. Okay, is Adesanya three? Cejudo's allegedly retired. I'll believe Henry Cejudo's retired when Henry Cejudo stops taking USADA tests. I will go Cejudo number three. You can go Adesanya number four. I don't think that's the worst, the worst thing you can do. Where would you rank Israel Adesanya, guys? Got a lot of people jumping on, and I greatly appreciate it. I'm having a lot of fun. You guys are just rocking and rolling here. Loving the Bullet Club shirt. Manix was professional in the interview, I thought. That was Matt Ward. Matt Ward, thank you for leaving the question. Not wrong. No. Thank you for the Bullet Club shirt, by the way. Um, Not wrong. I mean, don't get me wrong. Manix does some bad interviews. Don't get me wrong. But I thought Chris did a great job in that interview. Um, Let's get to – and we get a lot of people jumping in here, guys. So if you're – let's get to the – We'll get to that. The co-main event. Jean Blaschowitz steamrolls Dominic Reyes to capture the light heavyweight title. Jean Blaschowitz is the first man since UFC 128 to not name John Jones or Daniel Cormier to hold the 205-pound title. Got a lot of people jumping in. A lot of people jumping, a lot of people coming in, guys. If you have a question or comment, please leave it. It will get answered. I promise it will. If you're watching via YouTube, it's simple. Just please subscribe to the channel. It would really mean a lot. It'd be greatly appreciated. Hit that subscribe button. Like the video. Or if you're watching via Facebook Live, even if you're watching on YouTube, just go to the YouTube, the Facebook page, The Walkway to Fight Club. Like the page. Follow the page. And also leave a reaction to the video as well. It'd be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Think about that. This is, and I was having a conversation with Andreas Hale, who is the senior editor, my boss at Sporting News and DAZN, and he couldn't have said this any better. And I was thinking it, but I didn't say it out loud. What a weird year 2020 is. When you say Jean Blaschowitz is the UFC light heavyweight champion. Just let it ring. And this is not knocking Jean. Not knocking him at all. The career resurgence he's had. Man, that's that's such a great story. And this isn't a thing of, oh, you know, he locked into this title shot. No, he won three hard fights in a row. Two via stoppage. 
And those knockouts are in the first round. You're doing something right when you're doing that. And you look at and you look at Blaschewitz here. And I just think the story is so good because you look at it. He won four in a row. Like you, you look at this. His UFC career, and, and it's so blows my mind away of this guy's now the light heavyweight champion. He started out two and four in the UFC. Two and four. You see most guys go two and four and they get cut. Lost to Jimmy Manoa. Lost to Corey Anderson. Beat Igor Pekryacek. Lost to Alexander Gustafson. Lost to Patrick Cummins. But then, good God, he won four in a row. Beat Jared Cannon here, who's re, who could be next for Israel Adesanya. Avenged the loss to Manuel. Submitted Nikita Krylov. Then he suffered a setback. He got stopped by Tiago Santos, and he hasn't lost since. He's 8-1. and one. In his last nine fights. With five of those wins coming via stoppage. Think about that. That's really good. I don't care who you are. You go eight and one in your last nine. You get five of those wins by way of stoppage. You're doing something right. And look at what he did. He dominated. Just like Adesanya did. Blashowitz dominated this fight. And I'm a big believer of when, uh, like, looking at guys' facial expressions and kind of seeing their mannerisms, not during these Q&As and with the press conferences. To me, I've always been of, of watching eye contact, watching stare downs. You can gain a little when you do fight interviews. And Reyes had said all the right things this week. Reyes was fine. But Blashowitz had this aura about him this week of like, you know, Reyes felt like he was the uncrowned champion. I thought he beat John Jones. I think a lot of people thought he beat John Jones. And you wouldn't be wrong. That argument isn't wrong. And it's a very valid argument. I think the only people that I think John Jones won the fight was John Jones's family. No, and I'm kidding about that. It was a very close fight, but I, I thought Reyes etched it out. You know what? It was seemed like every and I, I did a radio spot for the ESPN affiliate in Houston, and I picked Reyes to win just because it felt like destiny. You know, rewatching, I rewatched that fight. I was watching what Blaschwitz had been doing, and I watched his last couple fights, and I'm like. I still think Reyes wins, but Blaschewitz is a live dog. Plus 195 coming in. But he came in and he was watching. I was watching the octagon walks. It was the same thing I noticed in the main event I noticed in the Comey. You can tell Reyes looked. Blaschewitz didn't have a care in the world. He knew what he was going to do. He was going to come in and he was going to wreck shop and become the light heavyweight champion. Reyes looked extremely nervous. You could tell the moment was getting to him. You could just tell by the way he was walking, 
to the octagon the way he was in the cage when Bruce Buffer's doing intros. He just could not get going. The mo- I think the moment got him. And I, I hate saying that. But Boschowitz just came out and wanted it more. You look at it and it's like, Boschowitz is just coming, 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 coming. He's landing the heavy shots. He's the one pressing forward. He's mixing, throwing beautiful, one body kick. Oh, my God. Do you see the left side of, uh, the right side of Reyes? It's like a, a permanent footprint mark on the side of his body. And John Jones had tweeted something that the left side was still open. Boschowitz finally went back to it. But it was a good observement by John. And it was. It seemed like Reyes, near the end of the first round, he came back a little bit, had a little bit of an attack, and you're like, okay, maybe he's getting into a rhythm now, and he's starting to get into it, and he still lost the first round. But that was – and Blaschwitz just kept pouring it on and pouring it on and pouring it on. It was a straight right hand, left hook. And Reyes, that left hand tonight with everybody, it was a it was a sneaky, it was a right hand, and then that, just an overhand left, like a real funky overhand left. That staggered Reyes, and then Blaschowitz put him away. And a great performance by Jean Blaschowitz. And you can just, you could tell for a moment he was like, ah, when the fight, and then like the moment hit, and he was like. Shit, I'm the UFC light heavyweight champion. And it's a testament that hard work does pay off. Where many wrote him off. And they did. He wasn't sub he wasn't even two and think about that. He started out two and four. Two and four. Two and four. Think about that. It's all I'm, you know, think about it. Two and four should have gotten him cut, but he didn't, and he's made the most of the opportunities. He won eight and nine. Not like he's beating bums. Speaking legit top contenders, and now he is the UFC light heavyweight champion. And John was congratulatory. He congratulated Blaschowitz. He wasn't. He made sure he got his licks in on Reyes. But what is it? And I got texted this question, and I and I thought it was quite interesting. What does this mean about John Jones? He couldn't put Reyes away and struggled mightily. I gotta give you get this. That's where I give all the credit to Blaschwitz. And that also means is John Jones declining? I think that's a legit question we have to bring up here. Is John Jones declining? And John Jones tweeted nine minutes ago. Would you guys be annoyed if I went back and grabbed my belt real quick? Oh, I love it. Hey, 
the Polish power, not name Ivan Putski and John Jones for the UFC light heavyweight. Hey, I'm in. I think Jones will do it. No, but I'm in. I'm in. Who else is in? Anyone in? I'm in. Who wouldn't want to see? Who wouldn't want to see the? Who wouldn't want to see that? I would. I'm sold now. I wasn't sold before, but what does it mean about Jones, though? I just think that's interesting. I really do. What's next for Blaschwitz? I don't know. Can you go back? Can you run it with Jones? And I would think Blaschwitz is going to take the rest of the year off. I wouldn't expect a title defense right now, the remainder of the year. I think he's going to go back to Poland. He's going to drink some vodka. He's smart if he does. (laughs) And uh, take some much-needed time off. It's well-deserved for the performance he put on tonight, the year he's had, two fights, two stoppages. He's the light heavyweight champion. He's the man at 205. I think he sits back. I think he waits on the winner of Tiago Santos and Glover Teixeira, which is scheduled to take place finally on November 7th. I would, man, I would have to say that is the next route. I would think that's the next route for Jean Blaschowitz. You've got to share. You got that fight. You got Rakic, who would be just beat Anthony Smith. I'm not really keen on that yet. Pirajaka. I would like to see Pirajaka and Rakic fight. I think that's a banger. But I think the winner of Teixeira and Glover Teixeira and Tiago Santos. I I would have no problem with those. And I think that's the route the UFC would go. Either one of those fights, whoever wins, that would be, that'd be those would be bangers. That'd be fun. So, life, there is now a new champion in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, not named John Jones or Daniel Cormier. Let's kind of go over the sh- prelims really quick. Danilio, and I'm not going to break down a lot of these. Danilo Marquis defeated, and the rest of the show, it was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't the most thrilling show, but it wasn't bad. Danilo Marquis defeated Kaitis Agabrimov by unanimous decision, 30-27 and 229-28. I like this fight. Juan Espino defeated Jeff Hughes via submission to a scarf hold, which is, basically, which is a bulldog headlock choke, at 3 minutes and 48 seconds of the, second, of the first round. I like what Espino did, and he got the fight to the ground, got right into side control, and just, like, put him in, like, a side headlock, like a bulldog choke, like a bulldog choke slash headlock type of maneuver. Tapped him out. Very, very slick. I was very impressed with Juan Espino. Little heavyweight that you need to watch out for. I someone that I think you you guys should keep your eye on. William Knight defeated Alexa Cammer by unanimous decision. 
230 29-28. Very, very impressed by William Knight. He's got good, solid hands. His ground game, pretty impressive. Almost finished Kummer in the second round. If he, God, he had a good Kamora. If he would have gotten that with like 30 seconds left instead of like 10, I think he would have finished the fight in the second round. But a good performance by William Knight. Ludwig Klein defeated, great UFC debut, defeating Shane Young. One minute and 16 seconds in the first round. It was a beautiful head kick, left high kick, finished Shane Young. But Klein won't get a fight of the won't get a performance of the night because he came in four pounds overweight. These fighters, there was another fight on the show, and we'll get into that in a minute. What is, I don't get what these fighters missing weight. This isn't a fighter has one job to do, two jobs to do: train hard and make weight. You don't make weight that's disrespecting your opponent, and that's what he exactly did there. Jake Matthews defeated the living legend of Diego Sanchez by unanimous decision. 30-26 is across the board. Great performance by Jake Matthews. It's, I think it's time for Diego Sanchez to retire. I know he hit one three, three of four coming in. Diego looked old. He looked slow. Looked out of shape. That's not the Diego Sanchez we all have loved to see fight in the last 15 plus years. He didn't look good in all this fight. It was a great performance by Jake Matthews. I thought a solid performance by Jake Matthews. Good. Only 26, which is mind boggling. But I think it's, I think Diego Sanchez is at the end of his rope and hopefully. Diego Sanchez now thinks about retiring because I, I think if someone needs to be pushed to retire, I think it is Diego Sanchez. And I thought a really good fight. Brad, Brad Riddell defeated Alex da Silva by unanimous decision. 29-28 across the board. An all-action fight. This was That was a ton of fun. I thought a really good performance by both guys. Da Silva won the first round. Riddell won the last two. Give Riddell credit. He that was a back and forth first round, but they, they Silva, man, he fought really well. Great strikes, good submissions, and then Riddell took over the last two rounds. I just they Silva got tired, and then Riddell just turned it on. Had the butter cardio, had the butter overall game. Good to sit, good win for Brad Riddell to kept off the prelims. Great, great way to start the show. Hakeem Dawadu wins by split decision over Zubara Tukiyov. <coughs> My bad. Tukiyov, another guy coming in overweight. Also came in at 150. I think, um, I wonder if Tukiyov and, uh, I wonder if Tukiyov and, uh, Ludovic Klein had the same training partners and trained together and just came up with this idea, hey, we're both going to eat, not try to cut weight, and let's just try to game the system. And I thought this was, I don't know how 
a judge gave this fight to Tukiv. I hit a 30-27 for Duadu across the board. That was, I really didn't think those, it was entertaining. But Duadu had the, had the better striking. He stuffed the 95% of two golf's takedowns. I thought this, the tie, you know, the third round was even until like the last, I felt like fight was even until like the third round was starting to get even. And like 90 seconds in, Duwadu started stuffing takedowns and two, two, two Kugoff got tired. And this Duwadu started mixing it up really well on the feet. Not a fan of the obscenities of the trash talk, but since you could have made a case. Tukov won the second round because you never want to leave the fight in the judge's hands, in the judge's hands, just the way the judging is in combat sports in general, because it's godforsaken awful. But he did enough to get the job done. I thought a really good performance. He's won five in a row from Brett to Hitman Hart's hometown of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And Brett Hart tweeted at him tonight, wishing him luck. So I thought that was really cool and a really good performance. I do I do five in a row. It's got to be ranked because now he's 12-1-1. Hopefully he is ranked next week and gets a ranked opponent his next time out. Battle of top 13 women's bantamweights. Caitlin Vieira gets her first win in 30 months, defeating Sajara Eubanks by unanimous decision. 29-28, 29-28, and 29-28. Good to see Caitlin Vieira get back on get back on track. It's been a rough go for her since... Her last win in March 2018, and she went through, she was out for a year and a half, got knocked out in the first round by Irene Aldania back at UFC 245. More injuries. She was out for six months. And then, and then finally returns after, you know, another not over a nine-month layoff and a great win. You know, her striking, even first round, striking got more crisp as the round went on. A key takedown in the final 15 seconds. Just the more crisp striking in the second round, just overpowering Eubanks. I gave Eubanks a third round. I thought she she finally showed some fire, laying some good shots, stuffed some takedowns. But a good one for Caitlin Vieira. If Holly Holm wins next weekend over Aldania, I can see the UFC going to Vieira home. I think that's a good fight. Both of me in the top five. I wouldn't be opposed to that idea at all. And then what ended up being my favorite fight of until the main event, the two main events, Brandon Royval chokes out Kai Kara France. We had guillotine choke at 40. Eight seconds of the second round after an action-packed first round that was among one of the best of the year. Cara France tried for a takedown, but Rival snatched in the guillotine, and the New Zealand native tapped out. A great showing from Rival showed that he belongs in the upper echelon of what is becoming interesting. Flyweight division led by Devison Figueredo, who will be defending against Cody Garbrandt at UFC 255 on November the 21st. Rival looked really good. He was a heavy underdog. Kyra France had a lot of momentum. Kyra France was ranked number seven. Rival was ranked number nine. This was a great man. These the flyweight division is now fun. 
Because guys are going for it, putting on exciting fights, and they're finishing. Smaller guys should be putting on exciting fights and finishing. Smaller fighters, that's what they should be doing. I don't have a problem with that. But I thought from that fight on, I thought the show really picked up. The last three fights were really good, especially the co-main and the main event. Let's get, I'm going to give you the fight night bonuses here, if that will load for me. Okay. UFC 253 bonuses. Let's see what we got here. Let's see. Israel Adesanya and Jean Blaschowitz were both awarded $50,000 performance of the night bonuses, and the fight of the night went to Roy Vale and Kaya Kara France. Hey, that's awesome. The last three fights, I thought the best three fights of the show got exactly what I think. That's awesome. Especially guys for Roy Vale and Kara France. You know, the flyweights probably aren't getting paid much. Kind of give them some love. I love it. All right, we will end with this before we head, I head out for the rest of the remainder of the morning. <laughs> Conor McGregor, Manny Pacquiao, is it real? Let's kind of give the backstory here. Of course, this happens on a Friday. You know, Friday's one of these days, guys, especially in combat sports, to where you get past like, like three Eastern pretty much kosher unless there's a fight that night you're kosher until fight time later on saturday you get your blog ready you get you get everything prepped you can spend the last hour to your day just prepping get your research in and, and that's what i always do i more often than not i'll do that for whatever whether it's boxing or mma or even if it's a pro wrestling show i just kind of get my research get all my notes together and, and everything so i'm ready i'm prepared for who i'm going to be watching and so on and so forth. Conor McGregor takes the Twitter. And people in MMA and boxing will tell you this. When McGregor tweets anything remotely interesting, it could be the most asinine thing in the world, and we have to write about it because McGregor equals traffic. So McGregor just unloads a series of tweets talking about his conversations with Dana White. Appears to be via Instagram. That was my my guess. By looking at, I know Twitter DMs don't look like that. Instagram DMs do look like that. It was a couple weeks after he had beat the tar out of Donald Cerrone at UFC 246. He says, I want to fight. I want to live up to what I'm saying. I want to have my fight season. And he was talking about wanting to fight in May. In L.A., one to do this big blockbuster event. Um, and Dana brought up International Fight Week against Justin Gaethje. Connor's like, at first, Connor wanted he wanted to fight in May, turn around and fight in August in Dublin because the UFC had a show scheduled for August in Dublin against Diego Sanchez. And thankfully, Dana White shut that down quicker than you can say hello. Like that makes no sense. Because in all honesty, it doesn't. I don't. I don't agree with Dana White on much, but I will agree with him on that one. And then it just went from there, back and forth. McGregor didn't want to be a fill-in for UFC 249. He's like, I'm not a replacement fighter, which he isn't. 
And then he didn't want to wait till July to face Gaethje. And then that's when he decided to retire again. But then near the end, said he'd be facing Manny Pacquiao in the Middle East. Now, here's what I know. Conversations have taken place. The UFC signed off on the idea. They, the Conor McGregor's manager, Audie Antar, has talked to Dana White. The idea is UFC's on board. Sean Gibbons, who is a spokesperson for Manny Pacquiao, and I know Sean. Sean's great. Sean's fantastic. A guy who will actually get back to you. He tried to laugh it off, but the talks are real. Um, conversations have been had. I'm told if it happens, it's still a very, very big if. This will not happen. This would not happen until the beginning of 2021. Or early 2021 was what I was told. Because Manny can really only fight certain times here. Manny can fight like in January. I think he's got a block sometime in April, and he's got another block where he can fight in July. So he's got a couple spots during the year where he can fight because he's got his senatorial duties in the Philippines. I pray to God this doesn't happen. I don't think Manny will be kind to Connor like Floyd Mayweather was kind to Connor. I think it's a bad idea. Sorry about that, guys. I get why it would happen. Everyone makes a ton of money. We get a ton of traffic. I make more money. You may, in the fans, you guys get to see a spectacle. The Middle East has been discussed. That I do know as well. But I still put this as extremely low. Like, I would go 75-25 of this not happening. There's no reason for this. There's not. Can it happen? Sure. Um, I've seen, we've seen Mayweather McGregor, and I will leave it at that, but I would highly doubt we would see Manny Pacquiao and Conor McGregor. Because if it does happen, and I agree with Freddie Roach in his tweet, He'll knock him out quicker than he knocked out a Ricky hit, and it would be more violent. And it would. And I think the fight would end within three rounds. That is just my opinion. All right, let's get to a couple of these comments here. Iman Najaro Day. Hi, Steve. Miss you. I miss you too, Iman. I miss you too. Thank you for leaving a comment. Hope all is well. Another comment from Matt Ward. Matt Ward, thank you so much. UFC trumps over boxing if they're not mainstream popular. See, I've always said this. Boxing, it's so weird. Because the the numbers are so funky on this. To where when it comes for like page views and unique page views, and I know I'm going really in the weeds here. Boxing, more often than not, outdoes the UFC. But when you look at ratings, the UFC delivers better ratings 
and pay-per-view buy rates more consistently than boxing. It's so weird. It makes no sense if you really sit and think about it. But it is messed up. It really is. It boggles my mind. One more comment from Matt Ward. Heyman made Jay Uso a star on SmackDown on Friday. You know what? I have not watched SmackDown yet. I keep hearing him. I caught a video clip of Jay Uso's promo, and I heard it was great. And what I, the 30 something seconds I saw, it was great. I do have to watch SmackDown because got a show to do tomorrow night. So I will, I got to somehow figure that out. But that is going to be it for today. Man. A lot of people jumped in. A lot of people, a lot of people watched tonight. Thank you guys so much. I know it's early. It's 142 Central, 242 Eastern, and 1142 Pacific and 1242 AM Mountain Time. So thank you for everyone who watched. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. It is greatly appreciated. If you watched on YouTube, it's simple. Even if you don't, show is on available on YouTube. Just search the walkway to Fight Club. Subscribe to the channel. Like this video as well. It would really mean a lot to me and be greatly appreciated. Watching on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. Just type in. Oh, hit the wrong button. Just type in the Walkway to Fight Club. Boom, you're right there. Like the page. Follow the page. And also leave a reaction to this video as well. You can find, we have a Twitter page, at Walkway Fight. Also an Instagram page, Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. I am going to edit this extremely quick. And this will be up on all your favorite, be up for audio within 30 minutes. So 30 minutes after, well, within 2.15-ish time, this podcast will be up on audio, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Appreciate everyone around the world who has watched. It means a lot. It's greatly appreciated. Download, rate. Review and subscribe. It is very, very important you do that. My Twitter at SMielhausenJR. Follow me on the old Twitter machine. I'm tired. It is time to get the heck up out of here. I will see you guys tomorrow night as I recap WWE's Clash of Champions. Roman is Matt Ward discussed. Jey Uso challenging Roman Reigns for the Universal title. Drew McIntyre defends the WWE title against Randy Orton and a whole lot more. It's a nine-match show. The kickoff show starts at 5 p.m. Central, 6 6 Eastern, and 3 Pacific. I will see you guys tomorrow night following WWE Clash of Champions. I am Steven Mielhausen, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace. I'm out.